Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Old Outkick 360, it, it rolls on. Uh, the entire crew here, and you can check out 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw, Old Smoky. Next time you're in Music City, swing by, uh, grab some moonshine, beer, bourbon. If you don't like beer, they've, they've got other options for you, some seltzers. Um, Paul, you've tried the Blackberry, right? I like the uh, Blackberry cocktail. They, oh, there you go. Uh, uh, Blackberry, Blackberry lemonade, lemonade cocktail yeah. that they make is one of my favorite things here. Very palatable, tasty options. shall we say. A lot of options here at 6th and Peabody. The Titans will have four options on their next opponent. We'll get to that in just a moment. For, for those just joining us, the, the headline of the day, one of their divisional opponents, the Houston Texans, made a move at coach. Uh, David Culley fired uh, after one season where he won four games. And they've now gone back-to-back years winning four games. And um, they fired O'Brien, hired Cully, they fired him. And now the reports are surfacing that it's uh, Gerard Mayo in the mix for an interview. Look, they've made up their mind. These are all, uh, the, the interview is going, the, the list with the text is going to be pretty short. I do think Brian Flores uh, will be involved in this as well. Well, uh, you know, maybe he helps them out for their Rooney rule uh if if they need to check that box, he he could be that guy. Um, I I think we all think, uh, and the league thinks there's there this is a done deal somewhere here. They fired Cully because they have their next guy lined up. And that's what I said 30 minutes ago. That uh, the, the, the news changed last weekend, and to me, if you're just trying to link up, that they could. If you're hiring Gerard Mayo, to me. The common sense aspect is you let Cully know what you're doing earlier than when they did. Um, what they wouldn't have known is that Miami was actually going to fire Brian Flores. And that would have been very late in the process. And then you you have to assess what you want to do. I think both make sense here. Uh, Vrabel was hired after being a coach for four years. Uh, Mayo has been an assistant for three. So it's a, around the same time frame in the league. And it would be a uh, a move that many would think is an up and coming coach that would be willing to get a, a, a lead a, a group of uh, a locker room to out of the gutter, and that's where they are. However, Not the next head coach playing resume. The next head coach needs to put in the deal. And it, w- one thing I haven't mentioned uh, or haven't seen mentioned for everyone that's just so up in arms and shocked that David Cully got fired. Uh, keep in mind, his, his contract, which was longer than two years, was only guaranteed for two years. So he knew it was a short-term stay. Um, he knew he wasn't going to have success pretty early on in that contract whenever Watson was out and everything else that he inherited. And on top of that, the one thing that no one mentions is that the dude had the general manager telling him what to do in his headset. That's, that's on the record, and Cully spoke on that. I can't name another general manager that is in the middle of games helping you with decisions as a head coach. 
I, I, I can't name an NFL coach that's doing that right now. I think you're being a little bit too uh, hard on the people who are being real sympathetic to Cully. I mean, people were real sympathetic to Steve Wilkes, too. Just any one-year NFL coach hasn't gotten a fair shake. Well, I think the people that are sympathetic to Coley are acknowledging that the real problem is above Coley. Yes. And decisions that it's were made. And what's going on is not well, his I'm, fault. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, They have the right to make David whatever decision Culley. they want, but I think I, people get pissed off when morons continue to make bad decisions. I, I and am, this may be another bad decision. May not. I'm anti the cyclical NFL media. I'm going to harp on this until people actually you get slapped into reality. This was reality before they kicked off the season. This was it doesn't a dead, make it right. He was a dead man walking. There's shock and awe right now that the Texans fired the guy. We well, knew this because, was going to happen. Well, it seemed to have quieted down, I think, is the reason they're surprised. It, I, you have to admit, it kind of came in a wave. Sounded like it was going to happen, and then it it subsided to the point where John... Also, well, John McClain said all happen. season with us that he wasn't getting fired, right. and people reporting that he's getting fired after this year—they're wrong, he's pissing him off. I mean, you know, we can we can harp on the media all we want, but we have John McClain on every week, who's as tied in as anyone in Houston. But he was wrong, and something happened over the weekend where, when John said it Sunday morning in a tweet, that's when I first started saying, "Well, John knows," and now that he's saying that, and that they're going to hire one, John even put in the tweet, "Expect them to hire one of their buddies from New England," and when they make this move. They had their guy. It may be Mayo. Uh, obviously, Flores throws a wrench into it. But John said he was told something wrong all year, and he believed it. And I don't think John makes a habit out of saying things that you know he knows is coming from an agent that may be lying or anything like that. So I don't, I don't know that he was hired to get fired. John was telling us he wasn't. I, th- I he was felt the be same about year. Steve Wilkes, who wasn't a good coach. And the Kingsbury move has I mean, I can't wait to, to have John on to move. ask him about this. But what he changed? Was, he anybody was absolutely who only gets, hired to be fired. Anybody who only gets a year is getting screwed. Well, then when John comes on, tell him he was wrong all year, Hutton. I, <laughs> tell I, him when he comes on that what he Chad, was saying I, was a lie to us if you know that he was hired lie, to be fired. Not a lie, but he, I mean, every, whenever we had him on in August, I brought up the conversation about th- this guy has no chance. Even if it is a two-year deal, zero chance of what he inherited. It is a well, cluster you-know-what in John, Houston. That's what John said all year in his stories with us, that he was going to get at least two years. It's ridiculous to fire him after one year. So now you're saying he may have gotten two years. John said that his all contract, season. Chad, his contract is guaranteed for two years only. Well, my point is either John was flat-out lied to by a source he trusts all year in telling everyone that he's not getting fired, or something changed or he got wind of something that either he was getting lied to throughout the year or someone changed their mind over the weekend or last week and said, and maybe even like you said, told Coley going into the game, you're done. No, they haven't and told Coley. They didn't tell Coley until, until today. today. Well, that someone knew though that something's up, that he's not coming back. They, uh, because they, suddenly the winds John, of change the news was coming started out of to Miami. go towards he's not coming back after that. Well, that news would Flores. have been out of Miami if Flores was letting them know what was going on. To me, if, if we're just linking up uh, the, the storyline here, if you're the Houston, if you're Casario, who, by the way, the national media said is a very capable general manager um, whenever he was hired, and he was someone that the Patriots would have liked to have kept, and he went to New England with O'Brien. The... the Timeline, if you're smart about it, the, the window of opportunity to interview candidates happen with two weeks remaining in the schedule. If you're not keeping Cully, you fire him then so you can do your interview process before 
anybody else other than Jacksonville. But Mayo and and McDaniels, the Patriots guys, aren't going to interview on that schedule. Bill Bill's not going to have it. I don't know. They have to allow them to interview. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick could stop it. So the black oh, assistant can. head coach can interview for a head coaching job with the Houston Texans because Bill Belichick's his head coach in the New England. I would I would I feel comfortable saying I bet they would say I'll wait until after the season's over to interview. See, it, it, to me, if you know you're making a move, you let the coach that you have know, and you start the process. Well, there are yeah. plenty of time. Then how come most of the coaches got fired after the season was over instead of two weeks before? The two weeks before thing didn't take off. Well, uh, Most of the firings have been after well, the Paul, season. Well, Paul, let's use some common sense here. Rich Bisaccia made the postseason. Mike Zimmer still could have. Let's keep going down the list on who was at. The seventh Brian playoff, Flores could the have seventh the playoff spot opens up a lot of hope for NFL coaches to keep their jobs on bad teams. So like, let's just keep Matt, going through the Matt list. Matt Nagy would have been the example, but I don't know who's on staff that they would have given the interim to, that it was completely out of the playoffs. They could have fired two weeks early. Um, uh, Flores, we mentioned, he had a shot the week before the final week. Giants didn't do it. And they didn't want to until the the, the final week. Mara admitted that. He was like, when I when I hired him, I told everyone that we wanted to be in a better spot after the season than when we were before, and based on the results of how the season ended and his coach making the comments about the quarterback sneak and all that, how could you say that? He was a laughing stock. It, it appears to me, Houston, I think we agree, Houston has its guy, knows who it's going to be, and wasn't worried about that guy going somewhere else, so it didn't need a head start. I want to see someone actually use this to their benefit before knowing if I like this rule or if it's actually worthwhile. Because I keep hearing about how it's a big advantage now to cut the cord early, two weeks early, and then have that window to start interviewing people. I want to see someone actually go out and we interview the person and we are going to hire them before everyone else fires their coach. But the, So you go right in and get it. This is sort of like the college program Firing someone, USC, for instance, this you're year. You're not hiring where them they're talking the end of to season. someone throughout. You're not hi- unless everyone. they're unless you're Doug Peterson. You're not hiring them before the end of the season. You can interview. It gives the coaches who are going but, to make the postseason an option. If they're if they're playing this week, they don't have a bye. You can't fly around and interview. You're preparing for the postseason, so it would make sense to interview Gerard Mayo before the Patriots make the postseason, and they're playing a wild card weekend. Or, but if does it had, put or if you, they had a buy, it's very helpful. But I guess my question is, does it put you? Does it really give you a big advantage to put you in front of the line of someone else that wants to hire Gerard Mayo once their season's over? Well, or does Gerard Mayo, if he's a hot commodity, can go interview multiple places and make his call so, okay, on the job? So if the Texans wanted Gerard Mayo, why are they now just making a move when the other teams have already, for the last 72 to, what, four or five days now, Put in requests to speak with them. I don't because know. Because they don't think somebody else is going to jump out and get Gerard Mayo. And they're back-channeled with Gerard Mayo's agent. And they think they're the one place for Gerard Mayo. If it's Gerard Mayo. Same Why thing is Gerard if it's Mayo Josh taking McDaniels. the interviews? With who? I mean, uh, Paul, I mean, uh, let with me who? do the research. Let me pull up the, the stuff that we've been talking about all week. The Dolphins. The he's uh, interviewed with Denver. I think, right? He's interviewed a couple of different places. There's a places. number of different teams that he's listed Denver, as an I know. Denver, I know, is one of them that requested so, the interview. I'm, just, I'm trying to link up the common sense aspect of what Houston's doing. Also, which I know is tough with that organization. They're not a common sense group. If, it I starts think with if, McNair. if Casario has the relationship with him that they might think or have reason to believe he's going to come work with me because of our previous relationship 
and I've got some kind of trump card on these other teams. So why wait until Thursday? Experience. I don't know. I, I can't make sense of them, but it, it, sometimes it's not a race. It's also, that's why it's so difficult to put any expectation or prediction on what the Texans are doing because they've been so foolish throughout this whole thing. It, no, I don't, it, we're trying to be rational with the irrational, I think, at some point, because I also didn't see anything in the final two weeks that would have said, okay, Joe Judge, for instance, I'm firing him the moment he calls back-to-back quarterback sneaks on second and nine and third and nine. There was clearly a statement of, this guy has no control of his team. They don't want to play for him. He doesn't want to coach them. We got to move in a different direction. Meanwhile, David Coley had a couple of weeks where in the final week, they've got a big comeback against a team playing for number one seed. I mean, I don't think the team quit on him. I'm not saying he's going to be a great coach in the long run, but it's all just very odd when discussing the You Houston also Texans. don't have to be first now. You have to be first the minute the Patriots lose. Also, Hutton, about the media cycle you talked about, Adam Schefter tweeted, Patriots linebacker coach Rod Mayo is expected to emerge as a leading candidate for the Houston Texans. Do you want to know what his very next tweet was a minute later? Josh McDaniels has emerged as a leading candidate for the Patriots. Mike Tomlin currently is the NFL's only black head coach. That was his next tweet after Gerard Mayo is the leading candidate for the Texans. Right. It's very, very predictable when it comes to that. And it does say uh, NFL.com has um, Mayo interviewing with Denver. Denver was the one, yep. And, and keep in mind, too, these interviews are on Zoom now. Yep. So it's not like, you know, you can't make it work within your schedule um, as long as you've got the time to do it early you in the week. F- you finish your, or you finish your work day and you stay up late. Or you just do it in the final two weeks of the season. <laughs> that would be my uh, organizational uh, – that would be my mentality. Unless I knew that the coach that I wanted wasn't available and then all of a sudden – he is. Um, most- I, I, I'm going to be, to me, the Texans now and what they do, because of the late timing of the Coley, the, I don't know if the decision may have been made whenever, but the fact that it's announced now that he's fired, I'm very interested to see who they go and hire now because, or if they interview a lot of people. Was this done to hire a specific person or just done to get rid of David Coley and go in a different direction? No, I think it's for a specific person. They we're going to find out. They never told him what his job status was. Yeah, we're going to find out how quickly they hire someone and how many people they interview. Most appealing matchups for the Titans in round two. Uh, most appealing to least appealing. I, I've got my list here. I've got my list. Uh, absolute lock for the best matchup is Pittsburgh. I think we all agree. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I didn't even put. I don't want to list them because I yeah, don't think they have any. They, chance. they don't have any chance to win. Uh, look, they lost to the Steelers, which was a miracle that they could find a way to lose to the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's got no arm. Uh, it starts right there. I mean, they, the, the Steelers can't throw the ball down the field. They get after the quarterback, and that is about it. Um, yeah, they were down thirty nothing against Kansas City. Again, we don't think they're winning, but if they win, they are the guaranteed team that will be playing in Nashville next week that's the most appealing uh who's number two on the list for most appealing for For me me, it's the Raiders for me it's the Patriots uh I talked a little bit about this yesterday least experienced quarterback a team that's already beaten you this year and shown you their best um you're not afraid of their coach like most everybody else is and you've had good success against them previously I understand that they're, they're gonna scheme and be smart against you but I think your strengths match up with them. You're going to be able to rush Mac Jones. Uh, 
make him look very human, and I think uh, I think you take it from there. And also, they they have a solid defense. I also think that their overall their run defense is soft. New yeah, England, it's, I, I, it's not I, as they're good next as to my list as well. And look, if they win against Buffalo, and they're capable of winning against Buffalo, to me that would mean that they would need to execute a near-perfect game plan to do so with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you're going to get and it twice in a row? They would have to do that twice in a row, and for that reason, in the divisional round, I like the Patriots. It's the second-best option. The Raiders are not a bad choice. I'm yeah. going to shock you guys with where I have the Raiders because I've go got later. Cincy next. Yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got Patriots next. I've got Raiders next. Uh, though, I, I do buy something that you said yesterday that I've given a lot of thought, Hut, uh, uh, which is an obvious point, but uh, you articulated it very well, the idea of how hot you are if you come here based on what you're doing. And the Raiders are very hot right now. And if the Raiders beat um, Cincinnati, they're, they're going to be very hot and playing very, very well. They have some good pass rushing elements. Carr will be playing very well. Um, but I'm going largely chalk here. I've only flipped the chalk one time, and I've got the Raiders next. Just straight matchup. I think the Titans match up better with Cincinnati than Vegas. Uh, Burrow can be absolutely phenomenally great, like just outstanding. They have game breakers at wide receiver. They're not overly physical in watching them this season. Uh, their defense, though, is legitimately improved. They can rush the pass. They have jumped up to the a near level of what the Titans have done from improvement in pass rush and run defense. But I do think that this defense is a defense in Cincinnati that you can run the football on. Ultimately, that will determine who wins this game uh, on Saturday between Cincy and, and Vegas. But I, I think... Burrow, with the fact that their offensive line, they're not a physical group. He's been sacked 51 times. He's been sacked 25 times over the last six weeks. If they advance, I think where we have seen the Titans' defense excel can continue to do that in the divisional round. That, uh, that offensive line would concern me as well. But I think both sides. To me, who rushes the passer in that game better is a big... Uh, I see. I think Vegas has the better pass rush. Trump card. Uh, See, I, Vegas I, is the more physical team of all four options, and that's why they match up best with the Titans of the four options. And I look at rush defense more than anything else, and Cincinnati's third in the league in rush defense in a run-heavy division where they face the run a lot, playing Baltimore twice, uh, playing Pittsburgh, and then you've got the Raiders and the Patriots way down the list in the NFL against the rush. I think they can stop the Titans' run. And I think they've got the most explosive quarterback, receiving group, running back combination of all these teams. And for that reason, to me, it's not that close. Cincinnati's the team I least want to see for the Titans. Fourth, I've got the Bills. Because I think the Titans are in the Bills' heads. They've, they've just run them since I don't when? Think, since, they can't play the Bills next week. Since the COVID we're just talking oh, next okay. week, yeah. Well, so I, I, I would put them there. They can't play them. So the, then the, I have the Bengals um, last out, out of these potential. I, I just fear a super hot quarterback. I look at what damn Danny Amendola did to them in Houston. I know it was kind of an exception, but it gives me flashbacks to the Titans' troubles. And if Danny Amendola's doing that, what a chase and and Higgins and I'm forgetting the the third guy, but they're three deep at wide receiver there. 
and I just fear um, even if you're even if you're sacking them four times on the plays that you give them protection, what are they going to do? I, I think they have potential to torture the Titans down the field. And and going back to Vegas on their physicality, they they win tight, close games. They don't make it easy on themselves. They don't make it easy on their opponent either. They're, there's just one of those gritty, grinded-out games. It's a very similar style to the Tennessee Titans. They are getting Darren Waller back. Josh Jacobs is back in their backfield. And Derek Carr, uh, making the playoffs for the first time, is spinning it well. He's like fourth or fifth in the league in passing yards. Um 4,400 yards on the season. I mean, just a, a really strong season despite everything that's gone on. And, oh, by the way, Max Crosby is a force. Yes. Against 100 quarterback pressures. And on the opposite side of Crosby, they have Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. So uh, One of those guys will match up with David Quesenberry. Do not overlook Crosby. Vegas if they end up being the opponent because I think their physical mindset – can match what the Titans will try to bring, and they'll be coming in having won five straight. You know what Vegas will do the most two out of those four teams? Bring people to Nashville or have people in Nashville who uh, yeah. you know, have black and silver uh, garb uh, pulling it out of their closet. Unless it's Pittsburgh, and then this will well, be... Right. Then paint Pittsville. The be a lot of It'll towels. Be, Pittsville. be a lot of towels, and not because of the moisture in the air. Armando Salguero about to join us. We'll ask him about Brian Flores being out in Miami, uh, ties to Houston now. And uh, man, there's so much news and notes to get to. We'll also preview the other matchups across the NFL with Armando Salguero of Outkick.com next on Outkick 360. Armando Salguero covers the NFL for Outkick.com, and he joins us with uh, the latest news and notes from around the league. We'll preview. Uh, a handful of the wild card matchups with him in just a moment. But Armando, uh, the, the headlines in Miami earlier this week with Brian Flores being fired took over uh, all of the discussion and sports talk radio and, and video stream and all the platforms. Your assessment of, of what's going on there and now what's going on in Houston and the New England ties to both Flores and maybe Gerard Mayo and everyone else. Right. Well, you know, as far as New England is concerned and their tentacles being throughout the NFL and people wanting to be part of the so-called Patriot way, let me just say that the Patriot way is number one, Tom Brady, or was, and number two, Bill Belichick, or is. And so if you're not hiring Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you're not really getting the Patriot way as far as results are concerned. And I don't know why NFL teams haven't figured that out. Good people in New England, yes. Uh, good minds in New England, yes. But not elite coaches and not an elite quarterback. It doesn't travel. And so the idea that you can just import the Patriot way and the Patriot success it's a joke, and I don't know how many times that joke has to fail and fall flat for people to figure it out. Now, with Houston, the Patriot way is importing the Patriot way. The Patriot way in Houston last year, last uh, season was 4-13. and 13. How'd that work out? And they just fired their coach. So, look, it happened in my 
it, it happened in Detroit. As long as you do not have that guy playing quarterback and that genius coach on your sideline, you're just getting another coach. That's it. That's it. That's all you're doing. There is no secret that the Patriots have other than that. Armando, you've been all over the Dolphin story with Brian Flores, and it's one that interests me immensely because I think Brian Flores can coach. And you've written about it. Uh, you've tweeted about it. The people management part of it was where he fell short. My question for you is, was it something that's irreconcilable for an organization, that it's that bad, they couldn't move forward with it, or is there a mix of personal problems with Brian Flores, with the Dolphins owner, whatever, that led to this, or was it something that, hey, if a guy's a good coach and winning, I'm willing to put up with this other stuff that he does on the side and how he treats people? Yeah, that's a great question because, honestly, the Dolphins got blown out by the Tennessee Titans, and had they won that game and finished strong like they did against New England in the finale, they'd be in the playoffs. And I have a pretty good idea that Brian Flores would be the, the coach leading them in the playoffs. And it, I have a further good idea that he probably wouldn't be fired even if they were one and done regardless of his uh, people skills and relationship skills or lack thereof. So – to a degree, if you're going to say that winning doesn't matter in Miami, of course it matters. One win for Brian Flores, and he'd still be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Having said all that, he didn't win it. And so out of the playoffs for the third year in a row, he planned to make more changes to a coaching staff that the dude has remade I don't know, three or four different times already. He's he's already working on his second defensive coordinator, his fourth offensive line coach. Uh, you know, he he fired or rather lost and fired his first two offensive coordinators. So this year he hired two more and there was going to be a change there as well. And so at some point there has to be some stability and why were all these changes being made, including the offensive line coach that got fired four days into training camp his first year? Because there were people problems. The, the, Brian Flores wanted it his way or the highway, and it was often the highway. And the problem with that is there was one guy who he couldn't send off on the highway and that's owner Stephen Ross, and Ross sent him on the highway. How clear is Ross's vision uh, of, of what he uh, wants outside of somebody that maybe is uh, telling him what he wants to hear? What, what's your confidence level in Ross having a vision uh, for this team now going forward uh, with Greer? My confidence level is somewhere between nil – and zero. <laughs> and so that's my cop. Look, I don't believe Stephen Ross is a football guy. Uh, he's he's a, a, a genius real estate developer. 
he basically built a city within a city uh, in New York, okay? But that doesn't make you a good football owner. That doesn't make you a good NFL owner. And clearly, when you hire people that within a couple of years, you you recognize that they're not getting it done and their record says that they're not getting it done, at some point, it's not just those people. At some point, you have to look at the person picking those people. Stephen Ross, first year into the Adam Gase uh, tenure, told me, I found my coach. Two years later, fired. Stephen Ross told me one year into the Brian Flores tenure, I found my coach. And the second time that he said it, I was kind of thinking, Okay, I've heard this before. Well, guess what? He's gone after three seasons. Um, And meanwhile, the general manager who's been with the organization for 20 years, who was the general manager in 2016 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21, And out of all those years, they won zero playoff games. He stays. And oh, by the way, the same general manager, this is like what blows my mind. On Sunday night, I watched Justin Herbert show that he is an elite quarterback. On Monday morning, Stephen Ross not only didn't fire the GM that passed on Justin Herbert in favor of Tua Tungabailoa, he re-empowered him, which is just stunning to me. Armando, it's clear that Jim Caldwell is a very nice man, and he's made a lot of friends in football because everywhere I look, there's someone saying that he should be the head coach at some job. Uh, First, it was Tony Dungy talking about Jacksonville. They need an adult in the room, and Jim Caldwell is perfect. Jim Caldwell's agent is talking about him interviewing at multiple places and that he might have a decision to make on where he wants to go. Are you buying it? Do you think Jim Caldwell is going to be a head coach with one of these job openings? I don't know if he's going to be a head coach. I think he should be a head coach. I I find it hard to believe that that a guy that's got, let me see, is it two or three Super Bowl rings? He's got, you know, a handful of Super Bowl rings, coached under Dungy, one in Detroit, uh, Did I say he won in Detroit? (laughs) He won in Detroit. And that's hard to do, by the way. The man went to the playoffs with the Detroit Lions, and then the following year, they still were a good team, and they competed. So he was still fired for Matt Patricia, who was Patriot weighing all the way to a disaster. And the Fords probably wish they hadn't fired Uh, Jim Caldwell. My point being this, Jim Caldwell is going to bring a good coaching staff. That's important. He's got acumen with the offense in today's NFL. That's kind of important. He knows quarterbacks and knows quarterback management. He was the offensive coordinator when the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco played like you know, like his hair was on fire in the playoffs and not since. The point that I'm making is 
The resume speaks for itself. And I know I hear people say, well, he's 67 years old. You know how old Bruce Arians was last year when he won the Super Bowl? He's 68. Bill Belichick's a pretty good coach. He's 69. Uh, Pete Carroll's a pretty good coach. He's 70. What are you saying? That Jim Caldwell can't coach because of ageism? I don't buy that. Armando Salguero, our guest. Um, Armando, I'm not sure if you're traveling this weekend or not, and if so, this could be your answer. But if you're covering one game among the options, which one do you want to cover and why? Because there's several strong matchups this weekend. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not on okay. the road this week. Were I on the road this week, let me see. Would I want to be in Tampa where it's going to be 70 degrees and uh, sunny, or would I rather be in Buffalo? Hmm. Mm, I, I really got to get back to you on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure about that. I don't know what I'd love to do. So uh, you mentioned Buffalo. Like, I don't uh, – People are trying to say that's that's the toughest game to pick. I don't buy it for whatever reason. I think Buffalo wins that game. Like I would bet it minus four, um, and I know that's probably the temperature as well. But I, I don't I don't suspect that New England New England's limping in. They've been playing some really bad football as of late. Um, you, you saw first hand against Miami, for instance. And meanwhile, Buffalo starting to hit their stride, and believe it or not, they've actually found a bit of a run game, which they have not been able to find through the first three months to first 14 weeks of the season. So with that in mind, I think they're a bit of a different team than even what we saw the last time New England faced Buffalo without the wind. I don't think the Patriots can really um, uh, threaten the Bills' defense outside of running the football. I I don't think the Bills are afraid of the Patriots' offense, and I don't think they should be. Yes, the Patriots ran for five gajillion yards on them in that one game, in that one-off game, rather, in Buffalo a couple of weeks or a month back. I covered the rematch in New England. The Bills had figured out the Patriots, and the figuring was – they have Mac Jones and we have Josh Allen and that's not a game. And that's the way it went. It wasn't close. And I don't think it'll be that close when they play again this weekend. 49ers were awfully good as they finished things off last week uh, to, to get in classic, classic history with the 49ers and the Cowboys uh, going back a ways. What, what do you think the odds are that we revisit some of that? and see something really good here in, in Arlington. Yeah, I like Brody over, uh, you know, Staubach. And I also like Montana over Danny White. So if that's where we're going, Paul, let's do that. But Steve Young, you know, Troy Aikman also was a nice rivalry back in the 90s. That was always the Madden, the Madden Summerall game. I, but do I like Jimmy G over Dak Prescott? Not so, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Uh, I think that the 49ers intend to beat on and, and try to beat up the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, I don't think, are in the mood to be beat up or beat on. They're not the Los Angeles Rams offense. It's a different kind of approach. And I think that 
Dallas will be up to the task. The Bucks won the previous matchup against Philly. I think, I think the final score was 26-22 or something. And in that game, Tampa ran nearly 30 more plays, and they won by four points. Is Philly capable of going on the road and winning this weekend? Yes. Philly is surprising, and they're surprisingly fundamentally good, and they're surprisingly technically good. Now, are they as talented as the Tampa Bay Bucks? No. Even now, with the Bucks having issues at various positions, no. But I do believe that the Bucks are going to be healthier than what people think. I think Leonard Fournette is going to play. And I think that Philly will want to run the ball. And guess what? Tampa Bay will run the ball. And I know that they've got Tom Brady. I guess they'll be able to pass the ball too. Am I correct in thinking, and and everyone chime in, because I'm trying to think out loud here. If you're a current coach, you're not not officially hired until after the Super Bowl. Is that right? The Tuesday after the Super Bowl is when we'll actually see these pressers take place? That is correct. Okay. So it'll be a while. So it, we may we may know that certain coaches are going to be hired, but the official announcements won't come for a month or so. More time for us to talk, Armando, which we love to do. This is this is talking season when you're talking about who's going to go where. Right, but I mean, you've got guys like Doug Peterson and Brian Flores and and, and my man Jim Caldwell who's out there. I mean, they can be hired at any point. Armando, thank you as always. Enjoy the weekend of football. We will catch up next week. We appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you, gentlemen. Armando so, Salguero, out Is that a new rule? No, I think that's just always been like, even when Vrabel was hired, he was hired after the Super Bowl. They had the press conference and stuff after the Super Bowl, as I recall. I don't think that's correct because I just looked at that. and Armando and it just was, said it was. Well, I, for Vrabel, I, I think it might be a new rule, but Vrabel was hired something like January 18th. And they didn't do it until I've they, got a picture of him the holding press. in the oh, story so is it, I wrote is it current, today. Is it current coaches that are still coaching? Still active, yeah. But Vrabel is holding a helmet next to John Robinson, and I think the date was January 18th. So the current coaches who are in the yeah, playoffs. involved in the in the in the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship games and stuff, they have to wait on you, obviously. But I think once your team is done, you're, January twentieth, you're eligible. So they to need be. to open it up. Um, they need to open it up or make a rule where nobody can nobody can do until it. That that was kind of one of the pushes, but that got that got shot down. And that's down the reason for the two teams. week window. That helps the coaches who are going to be now coaching instead of interviewing. Yes, but there was resistance to the idea that hey, nobody can hire until a certain date because you get a head start and it's unfair if you're hiring a guy who's going to the Super Bowl. Uh, because some guys have suffered because they're not available for so long. Yeah, yeah. three weeks at times, longer working yeah. than their counterparts who are trying to get their, their jobs. Coming up, uh, sold-out stadium here across the river for Nissan Stadium for the divisional round and the championship game. And fans locally here, as we sit here, are calling around saying, hey, don't let the Chiefs and Bills buy us out. As if, I, I, I guess they're hearing that that's happened. And to me, there's only one way that could happen. We'll discuss that next on Outkick 360. David Cully out in Houston. More and more news will come out with this. Uh, Tim Kelly, their offensive coordinator, also fired. And 
Schefter, Rappaport, and others are linking Gerard Mayo as the lead candidate or a leading candidate. Let me get the phrasing right by Schefter. A leading candidate um, for the Houston Texans job. Titans uh, wanted about, Tim about, Kelly. You want to talk about yeah. a, uh, just a word puzzle that Adam Schefter put out with his tweet? Expected to emerge as a leading candidate. <laughs> so not is the leading candidate, expected to be leading candidate, expected to emerge candidate. as a, a leading, leading candidate. candidate. Yeah, that's, 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 that's how you work your way around uh, a what report. Is, Tim is, Kelly was uh, coveted by Mike Vrabel last year before Todd Downing was promoted. They wanted to chat Lateral with him. move, and they were not given permission. They denied permission, and now he's fired a year later. Um, I think he'll find a job. I think he's good. Brother of Dennis Kelly. Yep. Former Titans offensive lineman. The Undertaker. The, yes, The Undertaker. Um, so this started earlier in the week with uh, local sports talk here in Nashville. Uh, fans calling in to various stations and saying, hey, Titans fans, don't sell your tickets because they Chiefs and Bills fans were tweeting or doing whatever. I don't know. Uh, making it known that they had already purchased their AFC Championship game tickets and booked hotels for AFC Championship weekend in Nashville. Of course, the Titans need to advance past the divisional round to host the game. A lot of faith in the Titans to win that divisional round game from these fans. Right. So they've already done so. And soon thereafter, um, the games, like there's a screenshot I saw that where the games are, are sold out. And I, I took that this morning, but... Uh, it's nothing from the team, but it's it's a graphic that says that the games are, are sold out. Um, and I, I asked around about this to try to figure out what the process is like. And the only process, to my knowledge, that I, I came across is that the current season ticket holders had the ability to purchase those tickets you know, in advance of the postseason and, and starting. Maybe and maybe some extras, if there are extras, is usually what they do. If they have extras, they offer them to season ticket holders, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it, it it just made me think like so. This year we have seen the Bills Mafia. They and every year they take over Nissan Stadium. When I say take over, it's very forty percent to fifty percent. I mean, and, that, and that's not exaggerated. And premium seats behind the Bills bench. Right. I mean, the front rows behind the Bills bench. Same deal with that are high price. Kansas City. You know, uh, Kansas City travels well. They have fans here, but they travel well. Uh, on on top of that, um, surely, and this year of all years, Titans fans wouldn't allow the opposing fan base to do that. Very disappointing. But from a the, Titans standpoint, if it was twenty five percent, even thirty percent, huge disappointment. Chiefs or Bills in an again a hypothetical AFC Championship right. game, right? The first ever in Nashville. This Titans organization has not been. They've been in the Super Bowl once as the Oilers or the Titans, and it was 22 years ago, if they are in a scenario where they're hosting an AFC Championship game and it is not 95% Titans fans, it's going to be very disappointing. At PaulKuharski.com. And you can throw every excuse out that you want. That is going to be very disappointing, and there would be no excuse for that. I allow for regular season games, vacation destination, bigger fan bases, all of that. You... Pack the AFC Championship game with your fans. Well, period. I allow for you selling a couple games to pay for your whole season 
And to put yourself in position where there's no doubt you would be missing the biggest, you would not be missing the biggest game of the season or the biggest game of your lifetime, which would be this. Here's an example. Tennessee Tickets is my title yeah. sponsor at paulkuharski.com. I checked in with him when Hutton was telling me about this. He said virtually every ticket he's sold has been to Titans first. That's good news. It's good news. news. Solid news for the Titans. We have a big show tomorrow. Big thanks to Tony Baselli for joining us, Armando Salguero and Trey Wallace. Hit the podcast. You can find out Kick 360 wherever you download your podcasts. Don't block the box and be sure to lock your locks tonight.